0: You're listening to The Coaching Matrix Private Podcast. All right, you guys, welcome to The Matrix and happy October. Um, Today and this whole month, we're going to talk about principles of abundance. And it's like the abundant heart um, is what I'm calling it. And so I want to kind of, I guess, begin by remem- like reminding you that when we have these kinds of calls, like it's not necessarily just what I say. Um, it really is about how you integrate the information in your own life. So listen, like, listen for the book between the lines, right? Like what is in here for you? What do you need to hear and apply? Because that's where the magic's going to be. Okay, and so today we're going to talk about a principle that I think a lot of coaches need to hear, um, and just even just entrepreneurs, which is the difference between our subconscious thoughts and our conscious thoughts, right? A lot of the thought work we do is about our conscious thoughts, which is are the thoughts that we're aware of. Um, the hard part of this work is all the subconscious thoughts, the things that we don't necessarily know we're thinking and believing, and so you've probably seen the, the example of like an iceberg, right? Like the tip of the iceberg are all our conscious thoughts, the thoughts that we know we think, the beliefs that we know we have, good or bad. And then all beneath the water, all underneath the, the iceberg is our subconscious thinking. And here's the deal, right? Like, and this is true for our clients too, and your clients. Um, they don't appear like a sentence, right? We're not going around thinking I don't deserve money. Like that's not what we think. It's, it's sneakier. It's harder to identify. Um, but it does come out in our conscious conversations and our, in our, the way we talk. Right. And so one of the things, if you guys are with me for the art of deep coaching, um, I talked about getting to the deeper beliefs so that we can actually see what's going on, like under the hood. Right. And that's where, I see the biggest incongruence between our, like our conscious and subconscious thoughts about money, right? We might think we have clean and awesome thoughts about money, but subconsciously, we don't think we're worthy of it. We don't think it's easy to make. We think um, wealth is a zero-sum game. So like if you make money, someone else doesn't, and if you're a good person, you don't want to take away money from someone else. So you sabotage, right? And so one one of the things that I wanted to share today is like, how do you actually like figure out what your subconscious believes about money. And this is why things like hypnosis and um, like, I I guess, guess hypnosis or meditation, self-hypnosis, subconscious reprogramming exist is because it's really hard to identify like what you believe below, (laughs) I I guess, like subconsciously, right? The things that you don't even know you believe. And um, the first person that I really learned about this from, his name is Ed Milette. I've probably talked about him before, but he talks about how your subconscious mind is the prover. And this is why it's important to understand is because it its whole job is to prove your beliefs true, right? So if you have a subconscious belief that money is going to make you a bad person, well, you don't want to make more money because it's you don't want to be a bad person. Right. But like I said, it's not like you're consciously walking around in your life. Like, I don't want to make more money because I want to be a good person. Like, that's not how it comes up. It comes up as like you um I, I think about it, like holding a punch, like you don't sell hard or you are afraid to share your products and services often because you're afraid of Uh, making money because subconsciously you're afraid you're going to become a bad person, right? But that's not what you're actively thinking. And so we're going to talk today about how do you like identify these and how do you change it? And so I'm going to be sharing a few exercises with you that I do and used to do because it's, it evolves over time. Um, And I'm also going to help you see that like the sneaky ways that it creeps up in the way you speak, right? Because that's what we want to pay attention to. And, and this is all because I believe that there is an absolute abundance in our life. I don't think money is a zero sum game. And this is something that's interesting. It might be one of those things that you kind of never really challenged. Um, If I make money, right? If I make a lot of money, it doesn't mean that I'm taking away from someone who lives in Ohio or China or in Africa, right? It's not like I get rich, someone else gets poor. Um, in fact, one of my favorite things to to think about is that money used to be on the gold standard, right? like if you took your money to a bank, you could exchange it for a bar of gold, right And I can't remember what year we went off the gold standard. So money is not backed by anything. it is an agreed upon concept by us, which means it is infinite truly. So it is not a zero-sum game. The wealthier you get, the wealthier you get. And it's not like you get a piece of a pie. What I like to think about is like, we can all create our own pie. If I get a piece, it does not mean you don't get a piece. It means, are you baking a different pie than me? Great, I'm, I'm creating this pie, you're creating that pie. We all can create, right? Um, it's not a zero-sum game. And so if you think about that, it means it's unlimited. It means abundance is absolute. And now consciously, and this is what I wanna shine a light on, consciously, you might agree with me, You might be like, yes, I I think that that is true. And subconsciously, it might be a totally different story. And this is going to show up in like almost like when you don't think about it, right? Like when you're just talking to your kid or you're talking to your husband or you're talking to a friend and you say something like, that's expensive or we can't do that right now. Or I would never, I would never charge that much or how dare they charge that much. I'm trying to think of other places that it might show up, but basically how you are perceiving the world and how you are speaking about the world. And it's sneaky because it's just kind of like, that's just how it is. It is expensive. Gas is really expensive. It's hard to make ends meet right now. And you might think you're reporting the news and you're not, right? You might think you're reporting what's real, but what's actually happening is you are creating how you experience your life. And so part of our work is one to make things conscious. It's not like I am saying like disregard all thought work because how we change the subconscious is by our conscious thinking, right? It's what we entertain on the stage of our mind over and over and over again. Um, If you've been in my world a lot, you've probably seen me use this example. I like to think of it like a little road, right? So if you have this little road of like money is hard, Right and um or i guess a big road okay let's say money's really hard and you travel this road every day and you create like a super highway with your thinking like you just think this thought so many times money is hard or versions of that right like there's not enough to go around where it's it's hard to make ends meet money doesn't grow on trees right all these little thinking we create a super highway in our mind. And basically this becomes conscious and subconscious. It's just the way, it's the programming that runs in our brain. And then you meet someone like me or other people who, who think and talk about money differently. And I'm like, abundance is absolute. And you might have that thought consciously on your mind, but it's like this tiny little path in the grass. You know what I mean? Like if you're going on a hike and you like trail off and you're like, marching through the grass and like you look behind you and you can kind of see your footsteps. That's the equivalent of what you do, right? It's tiny. It's not a super highway. It's not a practice thought. And so in the moment, it can feel true in the moment. It can be like, I believe this. And then you go to the, the grocery store and you're trying to buy groceries and you're like, Oh, there's never enough money. You're right back on the super highway. And so in those moments is when you have to declare something else. This is an active, I want to say all the time, practice. It feels exhausting, but like if you're serious about changing your money story and situation, this is what's required. Every time you have a money thought, you're evaluating, is this true one? Is this serving the life that I want? No. What else could be true, right? There's always more than enough. Whatever I make, I spend more those kinds of thoughts. And what you're doing is you're voting for the superhighway that you're trying to build, right? Over time. And this is the really unsexy part of the work. Even if you do hypnosis or self-hypnosis or subconscious reprogramming or whatever, it still takes time to build the superhighway. And so this is what I wanted to talk about, bridging the gap that most people will not, like the time when I started studying money mindset work, before i actually saw a change in my life and my business it was like a year and a half it was like 18 months if i had stopped doing any of the work that i was doing i would have never gotten to where i was but i was so i guess the word that comes to me is like obsessed with changing my mind that like i didn't let thoughts slip by without recreating it Right. We kind of talked about it a few weeks ago of like recreating our thoughts, recreating situations in our life the way that we want it to go. So if I went to the grocery store and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like this is so expensive. I'm like, no, I don't want that to be how I think about money. What else is more true? I'm conscious of my money. I take care of my money. I spend it wisely. And what's interesting is I still might spend the same amount at a grocery store, but the way I feel about it, the amount of consciousness I brought to my choices was different. I felt more empowered. I felt more in control. I felt like a creator instead of a like reactive. And I was basically bringing my subconscious beliefs, like there's not ever enough money. That's really what I was believing when I was saying groceries are expensive or we don't have enough, right? The belief I had subconsciously was there's not enough. I brought it to the surface and I said, what do I want to believe? There's always enough and I take care of it, right? And rewriting that story over and over and over again. Every time I spent money on gas, every time I went to the grocery store, every time I invested in a course, every time I bought a book, every time, you know, we spend money every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, How conscious are you of feeling grateful for what you spend, right? One of the exercises that you probably have heard of if you've um, studied my money mindset Is like being grateful for when you release money. And that was one of the things that I took really seriously, um, especially when I lived on a fixed income. And that's something that I wanted to change. I wanted to not live on a fixed income. I wanted to live on an unlimited income, which is why we choose entrepreneurship because that's available Well, what did I have to believe? Like money was always coming in. I was grateful for the bills and I trusted that money was going to keep flowing into me. So, what I would do, and and I recommend this is one of the exercises that I want to share today, is when you release money to bless it and to witness that you are part of an ecosystem of abundance, right? One of the things that I'm very aware of, and I think probably a lot of you guys are, is that money is not ours, right? I did not create the dollar bill. There's only one. Government, well, I guess it depends. Some of you guys don't live in America. Um, <laughs> governments create the money, right? They print the actual bills. I do not do that. So that means whatever money I have is not mine, right? It was someone else's. I am part of an ecosystem of ebb and flow. of That's why we call it currency, right? As I release it and I'm comfortable with it, I'm also simultaneously believing that money can come to me, right? And part of part of a network. When it comes in, money goes out. When it comes in, money comes out. And the less, I guess, hesitancy or frustration or resentment, or fresh, like just frustration about not having enough, I feel the more I'm a conduit for it, right? And so part of our work is to witness like where do like like that constricted feeling. And I felt it before. Like I can think of times, like where it felt very real. I was totally believing in lack. And what I didn't realize is it wasn't the circumstance that was making me feel constricted. It was my beliefs and perception of money that was making me feel constricted and then creating that in my life. Right? We get what we think about. And so the more that I told a story of like, I need to budget, I need to be careful. Money's limited. It might run out. I kept creating that in my life. And so by changing the story, by changing my conscious and subconscious beliefs over time, like I say things like money comes to me easily, whatever I spend, I make more. And I don't just say that, like, I believe it, but that was practiced. That was rehearsed. I remember the first time I told that to my husband, we were buying him a truck and he's like, holy crap. Like that's a lot of money leaving our account. And I was like, it's okay. Whatever we spend, we make more. And that was the first time I was like, I believe that (laughs) because I had said it before. And that's what I want to offer is sometimes you're going to be trying to speak thoughts into the world and they're not going to feel true. They're going to be like too big for your britches, right? Like it's going to feel like elusive and intangible. And that's why we keep practicing it. That's why we speak things into existence over and over and over again. So that becomes true, right? Abraham Hicks teaches that a belief is just a thought you keep thinking. And I, I, I am very aware of that. And so then it's like, kind of like what we talked about with, um, as a man thinketh by James Allen is like, your mind is like a garden. What are you growing? What beliefs are you nurturing and which ones are you allowing to stick around? And, um, part of our work is to be conscious of the beliefs that we one know are there, but also the ones that we don't know are there. And so what I want to encourage you to do this week and beyond, obviously like this work is not just a single week or a single day. I hope that you commit to enhancing and growing your money mindset over a lifetime. I believe in evolution over a lifetime. So if you want to grow your financial savviness, your ability to make and spend and keep should be growing too. Especially as an entrepreneur, right? Like we are the bottleneck of our businesses. And so if we don't grow and expand our capacity to have and keep and spend money, our business won't grow because it's us that that cap it, right? And so part of our work, and like I said, doing it this week and beyond, is just noticing what words come out of your mouth and being curious about where that came from and if that's even true and if you want it to stick around, right? And so what we bump into is circumstances, right? And what's interesting is is if you take the approach like me, where I create all my circumstances, that means sometimes you're going to bump into circumstances that you created that you don't like, And this takes a little bit of humility, it takes awareness, takes some grace, and I I really think tapping into your creative ability to see things the way that serve you, which is what coaches do, right? Like we are, we have the ability to see things creatively, to, to change things and alchemize things for our benefit. I'm going to give you an example. I can like, remember that it's so crazy how memories are, right? Like I can remember the smell of this grocery store. There was this like grocery outlet in where I lived in Sparks, Nevada by Reno, if you guys know where that is. And I would go there, this is before I found coaching. And we were like on a really tight budget. I can remember the feeling of dread I had. And like, I was doing math in my mind, right? Like trying to make sure that like like I have a budget of whatever. I can't go over this. Like, okay, the bread's like six, you know, $3 or whatever. Like, and I would just keep like a little tally in my mind. And I remember when I started, I started listening to Tony Robbins and i um, I was like, I, he talked about changing your state and choosing a beautiful state and using thoughts and in your physiology to create what you want. Um, and your belief system. And he teaches like this idea of like a table and how your beliefs are like a table and they're supported by legs. And if you can break one of the legs, one of your, 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 you can change your beliefs. And so I was doing all this work and I was like, what do I want to feel going into this grocery store? And I'm sitting in my like little Chevy Tahoe with my, with my daughter in the back. And I'm pregnant at this time with my second daughter. And I just remember being like, you know, I want to feel peaceful while I'm grocery shopping. I don't want to feel so stressed. And I'm like, okay, like, how would I need to be the, the physiology? And I'm like, I would need to be breathing deeply. So I like breathe deeply. What would I need to be thinking? Like, I'm like doing this because like, it was all new. I don't know if you guys um, remember when you first found work. like it's all like super exciting and I'm like, okay, like I'm going to feel like really empowered, I'm going to feel like a wise woman spending money. Even if I spend the same amount, it's going to be a different experience. And this is something that I teach, right? You could take the same action technically. You could still budget and be wise with your money and feel totally different than doing it from lack and scarcity, right? You can budget and feel abundant. And that's something that really served me and really will serve you too. And I remember walking into the grocery store and just almost like seeing the grocery store differently. I was different. I had become someone different in doing the work of consciously believing something, right? What I was believing was I can handle the money. This is good. We are always provided for, I always have enough money to buy what we need. And I started rewriting the story, even though nothing really changed. I had not even found coaching at that time. I was like transcribing and teaching English at (laughs) 3am, right? I was just like, being really gritty, trying to make things work, but it, it started that, that path, right? Like we talked about like that green little field that I was walking through, because here's what we're up against is most people don't think abundantly. You, we think it's normal to complain about gas prices, to complain about inflation, to talk about how expensive things are, And what I want to offer is that just because it's normal doesn't mean that's what you want. doesn't mean that that's the life that you want to vote for with your thinking and and actions. And so you have to kind of put up some walls and focus on what you want to believe. So even like loved ones, right? Like my dad loves to talk about inflation and gas prices. And I just like mentally, I just kind of like put up my little (laughs) whoop, doesn't help me create my business, doesn't help my family life, doesn't help me create wealth for my family to think that because it makes me feel scarce. It makes me feel limited. And I want to feel unlimited. I want to feel abundant. I want to feel like there's options and potentiality. And um, part of our work is to figure out and notice, slow down enough to notice what thoughts make you feel open and expansive versus constricted, small, almost like suffering, right? And what's interesting about this work is it's gonna be challenging because sometimes there's loved ones We've kind of had this conversation. It's been coming, right? That we love and respect and we value their opinion. And what you have to ask yourself is, is their way of thinking contributing to the future that I'm trying to create? This is where we bring things into our consciousness, right? Because sometimes we just accept things. We have to be so careful what we listen to because our subconscious mind is always listening. When you say something like, I can't afford it, your subconscious mind is like, okay, can't afford it. Block all creative solutions to create a situation where you could afford it because you told me we can't, right? My clients don't like, you know, don't follow me on Instagram closely enough to buy from me. No one's buying from me on Instagram. So conscious mind makes a note of it. Okay. Block all creative solutions to reach people on Instagram that would cause them to buy from you. Block all information and coaches and programs and ideas that would help you bridge that gap. Block. And we do, and it's sneaky because it's not like, that's not how it shows up, right? It shows up like, I think I'm going to give myself a break for a couple of weeks. You know, maybe I just, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Um, Maybe only business coaches make money. Like these are the things that sneak up. That's what becomes conscious, right? It's not like this, this obvious thought. Our subconscious mind does not appear obvious. It's called subconscious, right? It's sneaky, And so part of our work is to challenge that. Um, And one of the things that I want to offer, and this is something that I, I do and occasionally still do, but I did it a lot. And there's a book called The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. And he talks about this exercise where you like fall asleep thinking things, because this is like, this is how you reprogram your subconscious mind is when it's more of like in a hypnotic state. If you study brain waves, I'm, I'm, I like this kind of stuff, but it's really nerdy. There's different levels of brain waves, right? When you're in theta, you're more suggestible. And so when you're sleepy or when you're relaxed, when you go into hypnosis, your brainwaves change. And so you're more suggestible. So just for your own like integration and, and use, do this before bed, just think thoughts of abundance wealth success and he talks about you don't try to say like I am wealthy because your conscious mind will fight that right and so you just think thoughts that are bigger than you like wealth abundance success ease and you just dwell on those thoughts before you fall asleep and the other thing that um I think that that was something that I did and and still do because it's not going to happen by accident like you don't create like if you look at that little (laughs) a <laughs> little drawing that I I made, you don't like get this on accident. Like if you think about like you're going on a hike and you're following a map, and this is a really powerful example. There's a lot of your friends and loved ones who are following a map, right? They go to a job, they put money in their IRA, they are budgeting or whatever. And they say gas is expensive, And they say things that feel just like the ultimate truth. And you're trying to believe in this different thing, that money is easy and available for you, that people want to pay you for coaching, that there's an unlimited amount of money in the world, right? You're trying to believe something different. That means you can't follow the map that everyone else is following. And so it feels really scary and isolating to like go off the beat. You know, you're like taking a side road that feels untraveled. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means it's untraveled. Most people don't think this way. And so part of your work, I'm actually gonna give you like a little um, homework assignment is to go look up wealthy people, like look up magazines, wealthy people online, whatever, and try to identify either things they say this can be in books, like anywhere, like I'm going to let you you take this the way that you, whatever, however you want to take it. But for me, studying wealthy people and identifying how they must think in order to say that has really been empowering for me and enlightening because most of the world doesn't think that way. Most, like most of the people don't think money is unlimited. And what's interesting is, is most people will say, well, of course they can say that they have the money. And what I would say is the reason they have the money is because they think that way. It's not the other way around. They can say that money is easy and available and abundant, not because they have the money. They have the money because they say that, which means it's available for you, too, by rewriting your story, by consciously speaking things into existence that you actually want, by monitoring what you say out loud and asking and evaluating, is this serving the life that I want as an entrepreneur, right? as entrepreneurs, we do have to think differently. And it takes a level of awareness that most people are unwilling to do, Like they're just unwilling to monitor their thoughts and to get coaching and challenge their thinking because it's really uncomfortable, right? Like it puts you in the gray zone or like the twilight zone. I just wrote that in Disney world. Um, like that feeling of like unknown, right? Because there's not a ton of people living this way especially like your friends and peers probably don't think this way um and so it can be challenging to be alone and that's why i like i immerse myself and still do as you guys know in books and mentors that do think the way that i want to think and so i do believe uh, abundance is absolute i do believe like i and it's like to me it's like it's almost like the programming took into my subconscious. Like I genuinely, this is how I see the world, but it didn't happen overnight. And so depending, a lot of you guys have probably, this isn't new information necessarily. Maybe there's a different level of integration that's available that you're wanting to to take on. Some of you, you know, you know, you have a limited mindset and you feel lack in your life a lot and you're trying to actively change it. I think that that's the hardest part is in the beginning when you're like, ah, like I actually am experiencing lack in my life. Like there are circumstances that feel like lack. What do I do? And you're going to feel delusional. And what I want to offer is like, all life is a delusion created by us, right? Our perception is what creates our reality. And so that's how you start to change your reality is by imagining, by feeling, by changing the script you talk about, by changing the people you interact with, by changing the vocabulary you use. And it can feel... Weird in that middle zone before you see the results of it, but I promise they will come if you stay the course. And um, for me, doing the work of changing from an employee mindset where things are limited and predictable to unlimited and pure potential like has been awesome, but there is this, this free fall effect, right? Where you're like, my parents didn't do this. My friends didn't do this. No one in my my street or neighborhood is doing this. Is this real? Is this a scam, (laughs) right? Is it even like true? And like, what's interesting is the people who are skeptical are the people that gave up on their dreams. And you're going to see this over and over again. The people who are skeptical of, you know, self-actualization or becoming a wealthy entrepreneur or making it as a coach or whatever, the people who are skeptical gave up. You will never meet someone further ahead of you who is skeptical. You just won't because they believe in it. And so who do you want to listen to? The people who have done it or the people who gave up? And it's interesting because we don't really challenge that. Like we hear someone say, wow, coaching is so expensive, or I can't believe you spent that much on a program, or I can't believe you left your job. Like, are you sure, right? But look at what they are doing in their life, and it will tell you everything you need to know about whether you should listen to their advice or not. I promise the people who have the results would never tell you to give up or to stop dreaming or to stop trying. And so part of your work is putting your blinders up, focusing on what you can control, becoming the creator that you want to create and rewriting the story over and over again so that your subconscious starts to believe what you want to believe. And it takes time. And this is like the unsexy truth. I I wish more people talked about it because in our industry, we see a lot of like quantum leaps and the overnight success that was built on 10 years of work, right? Or like this like massive income month that was built on 12 months of work. And that time, that precious time, you can use it to your advantage and use it to rewrite the story you want, or you can tell the story of how it's not working, how there aren't, there isn't enough money, how things are a scam or that things are hard, right? And so by monitoring your thoughts, thinking of it like a garden and having the courage, honestly, to be wrong, right? There's that the classic thing. I, I first heard it from Dan Kennedy, but a lot of people have repeated it. You can be right or you can be rich. I never want to be right because there's more I want to do, right? If I'm right, I keep getting this. And that's something that I think speaks to that conscious subconscious split, right? Our conscious mind loves to be right, but what happens is your subconscious mind will keep proving that over and over and over again, right? If you want to be right about gas prices being expensive or that money is limited, you can be. You'll keep creating what you've always created or you can choose to believe in something different and be wrong about what you currently believe, currently believe <laughs> um, so that you can create something different. And so this work is ongoing. Like you don't ever really arrive. For me, it's it's changed um, even just in the last um, like year as I, I think about, I just think about different things, right? Hiring people, investing bigger amounts of money into my business. I remember when I first um, started investing in Kajabi. So Kajabi is like $200 a month. And I started investing in Kajabi when I was making like a couple thousand dollars a month. And it felt like a really big investment. But what I believed is I whatever I spend, I make more. That was a belief that I was working on. And that's a belief that I want to share with you. Because when you see things as an investment, the ROI is that you get more money back, Right. And so what's interesting is like, it means you have to release money. Kind of what we talked about, like money comes in, money goes out. Money comes in, money goes out. Do I have faith in the system that I'm working to create where whatever I spend, I make more. It takes some bravery. It takes some courage, right? It also takes the identity shift of, I'm gonna make this work. Or one of the things that we've talked about here is I'm here until this works. The same thing is true with all of this, right? If you try to change your thought, your conscious thoughts about money for a week and you don't see results and you give up, you're just going to keep recreating, right? And until you make the shift to, I'm going to work on this until I create the results that I want. That's where the magic is. And most people, if I'm being really honest, are just unwilling to stick it out. They're unwilling to go through the ups and downs and the hard times until they get to where they want to go. If you study any successful person, it was not like, like, like a straight line up, right? It was like, oh, And what happens is we do this and we're like in this low spot. We're like, I'm a failure. Nothing's working. I knew this was a scam. It doesn't work for people like me. Success is for the lucky people, right? And we we confirm all our scary beliefs in the dark times. This is something I know to be true. This is something I really want you to pay attention to. Your subconscious thoughts will be made known in the hard times more than the good times. And that's where, that's why it's, we either get the lesson we need or this, or the result we wanted. Right. So when we're in our dark times, when we're believing that money is limited or that it's hard or that other people have it easy or that you're not worthy or that, you know, money is hard to make as an entrepreneur. Most businesses fail, right? This, this line of thinking that feels so true in our dark times, that's where you are being shown all the subconscious beliefs. And most people are in despair or in their darkness or they're you know they're so frustrated, they turn off their intelligence. And something you've probably heard me say is that our emotions have intelligence if we can look at it without judgment or meaning. right? So when you're in your dark, some of you guys, I'm sure, are in a dark spot, either personally or in your business. And that's where the lessons are. It's like it's the it's the hard truth, right? In the good times, we're not really, I mean, I think there some people do maybe learn and evaluate and are looking for lessons for growth. But for the most part, me, people need the dark times to, to develop into the person that they want to become, to learn the lessons and gain the wisdom that are actually required to get to where they want to go. And I think that for that's like the natural weeding out process of entrepreneurship. What what I just explained is exactly why people weed out, because they get into that dip. They get into a hard place and they question everything. They start doubting. They allow their thoughts to be true. Right. It's not going to work for me. That must be true. They don't question it. They don't change it and they give up. And what you see in successful people when you study you know, I, I think of like Phil Knight, who created Nike. If you read the book Shoe Dog, which I highly recommend you do, like it was like scary ups and downs, right? But he kept going, and now he's like a, a billion dollar company, multi billion dollar company, never has to worry about money again in his life. But in those dark moments, what do you think he did? It's interesting because he talked about how he almost quit a couple times. <laughs> he's like it'd be easier just throwing the towel. But there's this other side of of when you walk through it and get the lessons and change your subconscious beliefs and do the work to believe without evidence, which is the hardest thing to do, which is what entrepreneurs literally, our job description is to believe believe until it works, even without evidence, that's what we do. And if you can do that, there's nothing you can't create. I believe that for all of you guys, there is literally no result that you want, or you have to actively really want it, truly. I don't want to be an NBA star, right? I couldn't be in the NBA even like, I mean, even if I was the best basketball player in the world, right? I'm so short, I'm not that strong, but I don't really want it. So I, I want to put that caveat for the things that you genuinely want to create, you can create it. There is a path created for you. That's kind of what we talked about in quantum play, right? If you have the concept, if you have the the idea in your mind, it literally exists in the quantum field, which means there is a path for you to be able to create it. And if you're willing to challenge and let go of all your beliefs and adapt to what beliefs are, are in that reality, what would I believe if I was making the money? What would I believe if I did have an unlimited income? What would I believe if people were reaching out to me every day about my work and then choosing to consciously think that over and over and over again, until it like, it's almost like I think about like push. You guys know those floppy disks? That's like, the, that's the imagination that's coming to me. Those floppy disks in the computer, those old little square things. It's like you push it in and then your computer accepts it. That's what we're after. Consciously putting in the new programming over and over and over again until it runs as the software that your brain runs on. It's, it's difficult. Most people aren't willing to do this work. But if you're on this call, I'm assuming a lot about you. I know you want something that you don't have. I know that you're working on your money mindset and you want to make more money and you want it to be good for the world as you make it, right? You want it to be good for your family. You don't want to be a burden on people, which is why I talked about at the beginning, like wealth is not a zero-sum game. When you make more money, the world does get better. Your world gets better and it doesn't negatively impact other people, right? Someone paying you for coaching does not make their world worse. It's not like you're taking anything away from them. It's a blessing to them and to you when you do that exchange, especially that like, this is why I work on with you guys on like really believing in your prices because the more you believe in it, the more the exchange feels clean and energizing to both of you. Um, anyway, little caveat about pricing. We'll, we'll talk about pricing in, in another um, call this month, but right now I just wanna lay the foundation of like the power that you hold in changing your subconscious mind. What I love about this work is it's totally in your hands right? It feels like it's hard to acknowledge because it's not like I can like look at you and like do a little scan, like, okay, Kim, this is what your subconscious mind believes. This is the report. Here you go. Right. We don't, we don't have that. It's not like a medical diagnosis, but in your language and how you think about money and what you feel when you see a price tag or a bill, what you feel when you share your price with someone, when you look at your Instagram followers or your bank account, Or your credit card statement, how you experience those things can be changed. And what you create can be changed based on how willing you are to grow the garden in your mind and to pluck out the things that don't work and to nurture the things that do long enough, right? Until it works. I think that that is the biggest, the biggest barrier for most people. Most people aren't willing to believe until it works. Most people will believe if it works. And that's why they burn out or quit way too soon. And I want you guys to stay until it works, because there is a lot of amazing things that can happen when you get in alignment with the beliefs that serve you and the results that you want to create. Okay. I just like shared my heart and soul about money, you guys, and what I believe and and, um, how I changed this work. I'm going to give you a few of the exercises just off the top of my head um, that I mentioned. One is when you go to bed, think thoughts like abundance, wealth, freedom, success, and concepts. I have found, like we created a document and I, I will mention that too, but this is for when you're falling asleep. I do not say like, I am wealthy, I am free, I am rich because our conscious mind is really powerful. And it will be like, no, you're not, right? And then the subconscious mind will be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and that's what, not what we want. So we want to think in concepts. So when, as you're falling asleep, thinking things like I am rich, I am wealthy is not going to be helpful. So you're going for the concept wealth, abundance, freedom, ease, fun, impact. You're going for the, the feeling of those words. The other thing that um we've talked about, I think a few weeks ago was the idea of like reordering what you're grateful for. Things you're grateful for from the past, things you're grateful for from the future, things you're grateful for now, and then rearranging them. So past, present, future, future, present, past, past, future, present, in order of gratitude. So you can feel gratitude for things that haven't even happened yet. The next thing, the next exercise, which is more of like a, really like a hyper-conscious awareness of the words you speak. When you notice that you say something that you don't want to keep, right? Like that's so expensive. We can't afford that. Things like that, that don't serve the unlimited entrepreneur that you want to be, recreate it. So it's going to feel like we talked about, it's going to feel a little delusional to say, whatever I spend, I make more. There's always more where that came from. I'm always making money. Money's there for me. Those kinds of thoughts are what we're after recreated in the moment. So if you're at the grocery store and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is so expensive. Ah, This is not what I want to be. Whatever I spend, I make more. I trust myself to spend money wisely. Speak it. It will change the way that you think, and it will eventually become a subconscious belief where that is just true. And then the subconscious mind will go to prove it for you. And those are the three exercises that I recommend. Okay. A lot of what I want to do with you today is coaching um, because I believe that the power is the integration, right? It's not just me sharing this information. It's like what it came up for you. And before I call on you for like hot seats, I wonder mind you something I said at the beginning, which is subconscious beliefs don't present themselves like a sentence, right? They're not like, um, I don't believe I'm worthy of money. Like that thought is not going through your brain, right? It's sneakier. And so if you even feel like you want to be coached, you don't have to be like, this is what I want coaching on. This is the specific, specific thought. If you've been feeling lack, if you've been feeling frustrated, if you've been feeling like money actually isn't there for you, or you're unable to create the amount of money that you want, I want you to have the courage to come get coached and you don't have to have what you want to be coached on. I will take care of that. I will ask the questions and I will lead. Okay. Because that's how our brains are. You're not going to have the thoughts. It's like an experience that you can't see through. That's why we need coaching. Okay. Who's feeling brave? Who wants to get on the hot seat?
1: Like I said, you don't have to have anything prepared; just the willingness. Aben. I will always. Oh, okay. no one else. Oh, go on. ahead, Aben. Okay, up in the Lonnie.
0: Let's do it. Okay. I don't know what I need. Like you said. That's okay, that's tape. okay. So. What have, I know we we've talked in the miracle mind a little bit, so I like I have I have a little bit of context, but is there anything that like you've been struggling with more recently in like the last couple days where maybe it was an emotional response that felt scary, intimidating, constricting? In the context of
1: money? Yeah, in the context of money. Um The the only thing that caught me as we were you ta- we were talking is
2: like me and my husband say all the time that gas is expensive yep. and we talk about inflation all yep. the time, and I feel like we're not necessarily complaining about it. We're just stating facts. I thought, mm-hmm. so it was interesting when you were like, I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that had anything to do with. Money mindset because gas is more expensive than it was last year. That
1: is a fact. Now that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how does that help you in your life? To say that gas is expensive, mm-hmm. it it doesn't. I think it's almost like a
2: defensive statement of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how expensive gas is right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's interesting, like what what's an inverse of that that you want to be more true? Like we can afford whatever expenses come our way. I'm so grateful that my business, we're not on a fixed income so that gas prices don't really affect us. Yeah, it's like, It's funny. I'm like holding
2: on to. I'm like, well, what's wrong with just stating that gas is more expensive? But I'm seeing how it doesn't serve me, and I didn't didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, because what's if you were to like, what is the subconscious hearing?
2: Right, when I'm saying it's expensive, it my subconscious says we're in trouble. We're We're in
1: trouble. trouble. Mm -hmm.
2: Money might run out. Yeah. And it it's almost creates anxiety of like it's gonna get more expensive. I have no control over this, it's gonna get worse. Maybe I won't be able to afford gas soon. Yeah.
0: Like yeah. And I didn't
2: even realize that I was And there. I think
0: even more so, this is kind of meta, but like the identity that you're trying to create, the wealthy woman, mm-hmm. would she it's not that she wouldn't notice, but would she even like voice that concern?
1: I don't yeah like why would why would she care it's not even one of the things that's on my mind hopefully mm-hmm. and i didn't this is funny but i think my husband
2: talks about it a lot and so i'm like trying to like connect with him yep So that's why i talk about it and so yep it's, a, that's a good point as I'm saying like, well, if I stopped talking about it, I wouldn't have anything to talk about, <laughs> which I would, of course, but I could yeah. consciously choose.
0: So this it. is a place, this is good for everyone on this call. We commiserate about stuff with our friends. Yeah. I become very unrelatable to my friends when I stopped complaining about gas prices and things being expensive. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is there was a brief period of time where I would do it just to feel like I was part of you guys. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Gas is so expensive. Oh yeah. It is hard. And I realized there was incongruency in my soul about the woman that I wanted to be and what I wanted to stand for, for business and what I was sharing with my friends and that for you, it's going to be a little bit harder because it's with your husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And part of me like wants to share everything I'm learning with him with this. And part of me wants to just not even tell it. I mean, just, yeah. just change how I talk and see if he notices
0: and yeah, comes. I'll share what I do with my husband. Cause I had to, I had to draw a boundary, right? Where, because I create, I, he lives on a fixed income, but I don't right like, so in our family, we have part, part fixed and part unlimited. And so one of the things I told him, it's helpful for me to have conversations in context, right? So if we need to talk about a budget where it is literally limiting, right? Like a budget is, is limiting, I have to come really empowered, right? I have to be prepared. We're budgeting so that we can grow our wealth, so that we take care of our money, so that we can be good stewards. We're not budgeting because money is limited. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we have defined times to talk about the budget and I am mentally prepared to not dip into like lack or feel scared or frustrated or nervous or constricted. It's an empowering conversation about how we consciously wanna use our money. And for the most part, I'm like in creative mode, like, how do I create more?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And um, so I'm very conscious of when I have that conversation with my husband. And that might be something that you do like, hey, hey, that does not help me create more money in my business to think about gas prices. Can we have this conversation another time? Or do I ever, ever want to have I don't, a... I don't, like. I don't know. What are you like? <laughs> you just have to notice if it's serving or not, you know? Yeah, as you were saying that, I, something did come up from this weekend specifically.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I, we went to my parents for general conference, and I stopped at TJ Maxx and got my girls some fun stuff because they were gonna have to watch not as entertaining stuff all yes. weekend. So I got them some fun cuffs, some slippers, some and a toy, one toy, and they like loved it. It was yeah. so fun. Go pick out some stuff with them. And we got to my mom's house and she had printed out some stuff and gotten a box of crayons for them. And she was mad at me for spending money on my girls because she was trying to be the fun grandma spoiling them. And she's like, I'm no competition for you because you spend so much money on your kids. And I went into my head and I was like, well, I can spend whatever I want on my kids. But it was like, it's that parent role that you're always trying to when you're a kid, try to live up to, and then I was an adult, I'm like, I can be whoever I want. Yep. And the thought that came to me is like, oh, I spend too much because that's what she said to me. That's what she accused me of. Mm -hmm. And I know there's no, so sometimes that's where I struggle. Like where am I just spending money or am I abundant? And how do you know which
0: it is like, does that make sense? So it's interesting. It kind of, I think about the energetic fuel concept a lot because you can like, imagine like you're looking around your house and you're like, oh my gosh, like I want my kids to have a great childhood. Like I want them to feel um, like like I care for them, but I'm nervous that I don't. Like we've been really like tight recently. I'm going to go out and buy them a toy, right? It's fueled by lack versus like, you know, like what I feel like you did, Aubin, was very expansive and abundant. Like you wanted to have your kids, kids to have a great time. You wanted them to enjoy conference so that you could enjoy conference. Um, that feels different than, oh my gosh. Because some people spend money out of fear and out of lack, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we got a paycheck. Let's go buy everything. And they don't realize like what they're doing is fueled by lack. It's not fueled by abundance or wealth consciousness. And so slowing down enough to like how you were feeling when you went to TJ Maxx, I could tell you felt good and inspired and excited. Mm-hmm. And then only when your mom had that.
3: Yeah. And it's like, i kind of
0: breaking from my childhood.
2: Cause my mom was very scarcity yeah. and very restrictive in what we ever bought. Even mm-hmm. though my dad was an attorney and we had lots of money, I felt poor growing up. And so I've like wondered, am I like trying to just not be my mom or am I truly like stepping into abundance of just enjoying what I have and feeling like I can give to my kids
1: and that it just
0: brings up all like mom stuff but just feeling well a lot of our beliefs came from our parents right right? and what's interesting if frugality was valued as like a moral good thing Mm -hmm. spending is going to seem like the opposite of that which would be immoral and bad is that it, a belief that you felt
2: to... Right, even growing up like it bothered me a lot but but then there was like a conflict I was always going through of, like oh yeah.
1: We have money but we're always acting like we're poor and have no money and it was Yeah,
0: so that's yeah. because our most of our parents did not do this work. Yeah. Most of our parents were raised by people who like like, I mean, the great depression was still impacting a lot of the way people thought, and yeah. so they didn't challenge their beliefs, and so they would just say things as if it was true, right? Um, I grew up similar, like, my dad is an executive coach, actually, and we were um upper middle class, I would say we go to Disneyland and Disney World and vacations, and then like, I remember one period in 2008, he was like, I think I told the story Make It Rain a few years ago, um, he's like. We could only flush the toilet if it was number two and we had to keep the pee in the toilet, like that kind of thing. <laughs> I didn't do it, but like we went to Disneyland that, that ye- that same year. It's so incongruent. Yeah. So we flush the toilet, but we can go on vacation. Yeah. Because my dad wasn't checking his own mind, right? He wasn't evaluating what he believed and what he didn't and what was true and what wasn't. And now you are, and you get to decide what beliefs you keep and what you don't. But yeah. that means your relationship, it's going to feel like you're almost like abandoning your loved ones because you believe differently than they do. And it's challenging.
2: Okay. That's good. To,
0: and you can create a thought about that too, of like, I'm not abandoning them. Right. There's like layers, right? I'm not abandoning my mom. Just because I parent this way doesn't even mean that my mom was a bad mom. Your mom was an amazing mom. She raised you. Yeah, Nothing about her, actually. It just means that you're consciously creating the life that you want and teaching the lessons to your kids that you want to teach them. Right. And so then I don't step into judgment. I can just step into love and compassion and then stay in the abundance. That's what I think of as blinders on too, is that you're not judging anyone else for how, like I don't judge people that say gas is expensive. I just do not let that line of thinking enter my mind. I don't want it to. Mm -hmm. It doesn't serve the life that I'm trying to create. That was my question. Biggest question. Like, what do you think instead of
2: gas is expensive? Because it's not opposite. I don't think about gas. (laughs) You just don't think when you, because like, for example, the other day I was, I fill up F like at a quarter. I'm Mm. one of those people. And uh, (laughs) I'm one of those people. My (laughs) husband waits till it's like negative empty, but uh, like at a quarter we fell. But I didn't really have time to go to Costco because we're always trying to go to Costco because gas is expensive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's, That'll take me like 30 plus minutes. I don't want that. I'm going to just go to the nearest gas station and fill up and kind of didn't make it mean anything that I went mm-hmm. to something that was more expensive.
0: Yeah.
2: Is that along those lines
0: of not? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause here's the deal. If you're going to fill up anyway, like this is how I think about it. No matter what, I'm going to buy gas. Yeah. I can complain about that fact, or I can use my, my mind to create more money in my business. Mm. Every, everything has a trade-off, right? The more time I spend complaining and obsessing over limitation, the less time I'm thinking in terms of expansiveness, possibility creation. So I'm mm. really, I'm conscious of that. And I think that you, like, that was an example. You're like, I'm just going to do this. It's convenient. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm closer than I think. I just am following the yeah, so It's like that middle zone that I was talking about that feels yeah. really unsure or like, am I doing it right? Yeah. And it's like, that's where I think you have to zone, like really hone in on your beliefs and pra- keep practicing them because you're in the middle of changing your beliefs and changing your circumstances. That's the hardest part. But you're on the right track. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. This was great.
1: Okay, Lonnie, you want to come on?
3: Sure. But I know that it's almost to be done. So it's, we can go. I can talk. go a
0: little over people can leave it if they need to.
3: Okay. Um, so I don't feel like I like have a problem with like the things that you mentioned in the beginning, like, Oh, gas or like grocery store. Like, I feel like I've come a long way with mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Like, I don't really like same, like you were saying, like, I don't talk about gas prices. Like yeah. it's just like whatever. But I also am like, then it comes to like okay i feel like that is because my husband makes enough money to like provide for our family so that we're not like really having to worry about that stuff so then it's like turning to my business and it's not i'm not creating the money that i want to create to do like the other stuff mm-hmm. so i feel like it's also like kind of like with all like this middle ground where i'm like okay i've i've moved past like that which is like when i was growing up it was always like lack 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 you know and now I'm like, okay, so yes, we have like somewhat of abundance, but I don't have like the results that I
0: want. And so it's like, I feel like there's still like a, a gap to bridge, if yep. that makes sense. Well, this is what's interesting is you can be negative or positive, but you can also be neutral. Yeah. And what I sense is that you're just like, okay, but what are you trying to create? Yeah. Like, how often do you think people love paying me? People love paying me in full. People are reaching out to me. My clients are always coming to me. Money's always flowing into my business.
3: Well, since you and I talked about it, like every morning, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> constantly trying to do that. But then it's like, I get frustrated because I'm like, okay, well, I haven't gotten any new, any new yes. clients. And
0: you so are in like- the middle, just like Aubin. You are just in that zone. And this is where people quit. They stop doing what works. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so, but then your, your actions have to align with those beliefs too, which is a different conversation as well. Right.
3: Okay. So it's basically just this, like, I have that book, the subconscious one, and I've like been reading it, but I guess I just need to do like the meditation thing more. Cause like, I don't feel like I really like have to like catch myself or anything like yeah. that like because I don't have like those like negative thoughts like you were saying but just like creating more of the positive abundant ones
0: mm-hmm. I don't I mean, know how positively do you feel about money every day like what would you rate your emotional experience like um like do you feel excited about money sometimes
3: but not like all the time I guess hmm I don't like
0: feel bad about it. Like, right. I, don't like- I, I think you're more neutral. Like, <laughs> neutral create. Yeah. Neutral is a place to get out of suffering. This is good for all of you guys to hear when we're suffering with money. Neutral is a step in the right direction to stop suffering with money. It, it's, it's huge. Right. But then in entrepreneurship, neutral does not create massive results. Right. The positive emotions are what's going to help you move in that direction where you're feeling expansive and excited and empowered about money. So maybe that's what's next for you.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. What's coming
3: up? (laughs) I feel like you're like, (sighs) no, like, I feel like it's just, just do. I don't know. I guess it's like, I feel like that's what I've been trying to do. And I don't, maybe I'm not trying hard enough or I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess it could just be like the whole until it works thing. Like, Mm -hmm. cause the, all the times that you mentioned that even like just today, I was just like, okay, like I need to hear this today. I need to hear this today because I'm like getting discouraged, you know? Cause like, I know I'm not going to quit. Like I'm not going to give up, (laughs) but I'm also like, okay, how long is this going to take? yeah
0: yeah and the other piece of that you know is is trying new things but what gets us to try new things is like that excitement inspiration so if you're neutral Mm -hmm. you're actually blocking the creativity and the the new types of action you could be taking because you're just like Mm -hmm. i believe yeah you're not suffering but you're not necessarily creating what you want either so it's something to play with and I think that too is true there is this element of just being in the game long enough um Mm -hmm. but for me I think one of the the blessings and the curse for me was I had I started in like a dark spot like I did not have a choice I had to be in massive action I had to believe in that kind of never left that like almost that urgency not bad urgency just like and now it's like, I can make money today. Why not? Like, I want to, that's exciting to me. I'm not neutral. I, I sway positive about money. And um, that might be where you go next instead of I'm good versus like, I'm excited. I'm committed. I'm inspired. I'm expanded by money. Money's always coming to me. It's like, a, it's a positive charge. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Food for thought. <laughs> okay. Anyone else? Um, want to come on the hot seat before I give
1: my closing thoughts. Okay.
0: So one of the reasons that I love talking about money is because it shows us all the stuff that we have, right? Your beliefs about your partner, your beliefs about your parents, your beliefs about other people. Um, your beliefs about the world and what, like, who's worthy of it, who's not, who gets it, who doesn't, what's possible for me versus what's possible for them. All of it gets shown to us when we engage with trying to make money. And for me, it's been like the best personal development in the world. Um, I also feel way more empowered once I change my relationship with money, where I didn't see it as something that existed outside of me, I see money as a direct correlation to what I'm thinking and who I'm being. And I want that for you because that's the entrepreneur world that we live in, right? We have to be able to create it. Um, and one of the things that I was being will, I was willing to do was to be triggered at, by money and by people with money, not in an unsafe way, but in the way that like I was wrong, right? My belief was wrong about money and I was okay with that. And I was willing to change my beliefs so that I could create the life that I wanted to. So I'm going to suggest two books, Um, I don't think I've suggested these before, but maybe I have, I suggested a lot of money books, but, um, this one is how to solve all your money problems forever, creating a positive flow of money into your life by Victor Buck. And this one is, um, busting loose from the money game. This looks cheesy as crap, but it is a really good book. (laughs) Um, and you guys know, I've suggested a lot of money mindset books in the past books have helped me immensely before I, especially before I could really do one-on-one coaching for myself. Like books are what help me see and expand my thinking. And so I really recommend if you're not working with your own one-on-one coach, like where you're actively challenging your beliefs every week or often, that you get invested in, in reading books like that. Um, this is just the beginning of the conversation. This is what we're going to be doing in the month of October. Having an abundant heart is so much more than making money, but money is an essential piece of this, right? It's like, you can't talk about abundance without also talking about money, but we're going to talk about quality of life and relationships and depth and generosity and creation. And a lot of things that, I think creates a rich life, and not rich like finance. I mean, financial number is is awesome too. But like a rich, as in deep and expansive and fulfilling life. That's what I want for you guys. Money gives you options. We can't live without money in the world, right? Money is the medium of exchange, and so the healthier and the more empowered you can think and feel about money, the more options and freedom you can create for yourself and your family. And that's what I want for you guys. So get excited. Um, I'm going to be sharing some resources with you in your little members area for like journal prompts and stuff, because I think a lot of this is going to be internal. It's not just going to be me sharing my thoughts. Right. And so um, look for that email. I'll share these resources in the email too, so that you don't have to like remember, and I will see you guys next Monday for our next call. Okay. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Coaching Matrix private podcast. I just wanted to tell you, thank you for being a member. Thank you for being here. I hope you found today's episode helpful for your life and for your business. And I want you to know that I am cheering you on and I will see you in another episode.